How many of you guys, um, well, what, let me say this. Um, how many of you have given to people off of the street with the signs? You know how you drive down the street, down the freeway, usually at an off-ramp, and you come to an off-ramp, there's a guy holding a sign, right? How many of you have actually given money or whatever to those people, to people like that on the sign? Wow, you guys are generous, almost everybody. Pretty amazing, huh? One time um, I drove off where I live. I live off the 15 freeway. I drove off of Limonite. And so as I was driving off, and sure enough, there's a guy on the left, and I tried to be on the other lane because I don't want to be. It's awkward. You know how you go? You get there, and they're right there, and you hope they don't come close to your car, and sometimes they do, right? And so what do you do? You go there, you stop the car, and the guy normally stands aside, but sometimes there's a long line. He keeps coming. I was like, oh, man. So I put my arm up, click. You, would, you know, you got to keep looking straight because you don't want to offend them. You don't want to be like, oh my gosh, they're not, you know, so you look straight, pretend like nothing's happening, lock the door. If the window's down, what do you do? You look straight like this. You don't want to look, no eye contact, right? Because they come in. And so, but this one time, I don't normally do this. This is, I'm, I don't know if I'm stingy or I, I just have this cynical mind. You know, I, I don't normally do this. But one time, that one time I drove and I felt like a, God, what do you want me to do? I've never really asked that before because I'm scared. And I felt in my heart, give everything you have in the ashtray. And those of you, you, know, you may not know, but I, I keep money in the tra- ashtray just in case, I, you know, because I don't really carry cash. And so I don't know how much. When I have extra change, I put it in there. Well, for this one weird time, I felt like, okay, give him the ashtray, maybe a couple of bucks, whatever, right? So I pull out the ashtray. I looked in there. You know what I had? $50. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> That's a lot of money. What do I do? Okay, well, you know, I feel like this is what God wants me to do. So uh, I gave him the $50. And then he was so thankful. You know, I gave him $50 and I drove off, went to the Kaiser, checked myself in, checked out my pulse. Like, what is wrong with me? Why would I give that much? Because at that time, it's a struggle. You know, when there's that much money, if it's two bucks, no big deal. Um, it's, it's really interesting to think about giving and generosity. And today I wanted to talk to you about that because um, we have been on this journey of learning about love. For six months now, we've been learning about loving God, loving ourselves, and loving each other. We learned a little bit about loving God. We learned uh, for a month, we learned about how to love ourselves properly. And then um, since then, for, I don't know, four months now, we've been learning about how to love each other. And so we jumped over to 1 Corinthians 13. Um, Verse 1 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You remember I had the super cool gong, I was hitting it. Yeah, you know, when we don't speak out of love, that's what it sounds like. Noise, irritating, um, hurtful noise. And the second thing we learned was uh, in verse 2, it says, if I, speak, um, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And so a lot of times, you know, we think in our life that we strive to be something. So we strive to have the knowledge, we have to have, to have stronger faith and all that stuff. But if we don't have love, we're still a nobody, right? Um, and today I want to take a look at verse 3. Verse 3, let's read it all together. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. Out loud, 1, 2, 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. So there's two things in there. If I, I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. So I'm going to ask you two questions that just popped into my mind as soon as I read that verse. The first question is, what do you gain when you give out of love? That's an opposite way to look at it, right? 
If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but I do it out of love, what do you gain? We'll come back to that at the end. The second question is this. How in the world do you give without love? I thought giving is loving, right? When I gave to the guy off the, the freeway, was that loving? I don't know. I'm not sure, right? Obedience to God, maybe I, you know, I wanted to feel superior. I don't know. So could you help me give, give me some reasons, some ways that people give without love? What are some ways, some reasons that people give that are not loving? Anybody? Out loud. All together. It's just us. Status. What do you mean? Okay. Do you want to be known that you're generous, you're a giver? Okay. Anybody else? What other reasons do you give that is not loving? You give, so it is not loving when you give because somebody else gives it because peer pressure, right? Yeah. Okay. Obligations. What does that mean? The wife tells you to <laughs> by force. <laughs> okay. All right. What else? Begrudgingly. Yeah. You don't really want to give, but here, just take it. Okay. Anything else? Expecting something in return. Strings attached. Oh, man. That's the worst. You know, you know when it's, there's something, they expect something back. All right. What else? Giving out of guilt? Have you ever watched, usually on a Sunday morning, like skinny, scrawny, hungry, dying kids, right? They're trying to jerk at your guilt level. You're like, oh, you better give. You know, these kids are going to die. You know, you're trying to connect to that one kid. So giving out of guilt. I asked our leaders to give me a list. This is what they gave me. Obligations, guilt, pride, or give the show. Just for a show. To show people, yep. And how about karma or fear? You think that, oh, I'm going to give because I'm going to get something back. If I don't do good, I'm not going to get good. If I don't do bad, I get bad, right? Or fear of, you, of something bad to happen. And so, you know, I've done a lot of bad things on this side, right? So I give more on this side, so it kind of evens out, so it not, no, nothing bad happens to me. Um, some other reason, personal gains or expecting a direct result or something back. Uh, or to be liked. Is it possible that we give something to people to be liked? Yeah? How about the last one, to feel better about yourself? Yeah, you see somebody and you want to just give so that way you feel better about yourself. This, I'm sure there's lots more reasons to give. 1 Corinthians 9, 6. Let's look at that together. Verse 6 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generous, generously. Verse 7, let's read this together. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Is it possible to be cheerful and give? Yeah. Oftentimes it's like with our kids. I love to give my kids. I'm, I'm happy to give to my kids, right? But when we think about other ways, and you know, oftentimes we think about this, we think of it as in money. Now, if we go back to the reasons that we give that are not good reasons to give, unloving reasons to give, what if it's not money? What if it's in words? What if it's in time? Right? Let's say times. Parents who work a lot, what if we give our family time? And if you do it because out of obligation, 
Yeah, I'm the dad. I better give kind of time to my kids. How, how does that come out? Or do you do it out of guilt? Oh man, I better give because I feel bad if I don't. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we turned it down because it was cold. Now it's hot. You know, you guys are just hot. You heat and root. Warm up the room. Um, yeah, and so if we think about other things, resources that we have, whether we give in our attention. You know, I've been so distracted with my phone, I better give my family some attention. If you do it out of guilt, and you do it just to show, oh, I'm going to give, oh, look, I'm going to give my kids some attention. I'm going to give my family some time. All these reasons, it's not just about money. Verse 7 says, if each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It is possible to be a cheerful giver. And how do you do it? So in this verse actually gives us a description of what a cheerful giver looks like. And so the first thing is a cheerful giver to give decisively. Because the word says that give what you have decided in your heart. We've never really think about it. Do you decide to give ahead of time? Or is it just under compulsion or under some you know, spur of the moment, like me off the freeway. What if we decide to give ahead of time? And that's what the Bible says. Paul says, you know, when you come together, you're about to give to a missionary journey the way that he was going to. He's writing this to, to the people that he is going to visit. He said, you know, decide ahead of time what you're going to give. I think oftentimes when we come to church, when we go to anywhere, we don't really decide ahead of time. We give what we have in our pocket, right? And sometimes we have nothing. Oh, I should have brought something. And then you reached in. That's why you see people make changes in offering baskets because they, they didn't plan. They came over, oh, $50. I don't know. That's a lot of money. Oh, I only have 100 bucks in one bill. But I only want to give 50 And that's why they make changes, right? They start to like, oh, I'm going to put 100 take 50 back, and start counting and everything. Like, what in the world? It's because they didn't plan ahead to give. So what Paul is saying, you plan ahead to give. Now, let's think about this in other realms. If you plan ahead to give in your time, you plan ahead to give in your service, you plan ahead to give in your attention, what would that look like? In our world, when that mean, what that means is schedule, right? And so oftentimes, our family get the leftover because we don't plan ahead. As a father, I am so busy. I could be so busy with work. I could be so busy with everything. My devices, everything just wants my attention. If I don't plan time to spend with my wife, if I don't plan time to spend with my kids, guess what? They're not going to get anything. And when they do get, it's leftover. It's like, oh, I got a buck. Let's do it. You know, for five minutes, let's just talk. Let's just focus on it. Like, oh, my phone rings. Sorry about that. Right? But if you plan ahead of time, you plan to not do any of those. Does that make sense? So in time, in attention, can you imagine in words, if I plan ahead of time to say, I am going to focus on saying positive things. I'm focused to lift people up. I am focused to always do my best to just encourage people and never put people down. Nothing foul is going to come to my mouth, throughout, comes out of my mouth. That makes a difference, right? But you have to plan ahead of time. And so in all these things, now we're talking about money. How do you plan in money? A budget. I believe that, you know, I've read statistics. I don't know if it's true, how much of it is true. Only 6% of all churchgoers tithe. You know what that means? They give 10% of their income. 
What happened to the other 94? I think it's because they don't plan. You spent way more than you have, so now you either give to God out of guilt, or you just forgot, or it's just, you just can't fit it in your budget, which you don't have one. Because if you have a budget, it would not be a problem. Right? The Bible says if you have a budget, you give God first 10%, the rest you spend. I'm sorry that that's painful, but that is the truth. And I have lived that in my life. And I, you know, I go to church, and I'll bring something, and sometimes I have something, sometimes I don't. Until we get on a strict budget, this is how much we're going to spend on clothing, this is how much we spend on blah, 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 and then this is how much we're going to give God. That's the only way that's going to work. Plan. Decide in your heart what you already get, what you're planning to give. So what I do with my children, trying to build it up for them early on. Throughout the month, we try to do this. We take this envelope, we have them put their names on it. And whenever they get some type of income, I know at their age what kind of income, right? Birthday presents, birthday gifts, money. Um, what else do they get? Babysitting money. Someone just very generous grandparents just give them money out of nowhere. Nowhere, They take 10%, they put it in an envelope throughout the month. You see, it's harder because we, we only meet once a month. We don't have like, oh, Sunday, we got to go get some money, right? They have an envelope to put stuff in throughout the month. And when the, we come to celebration, they have one with their names on it, and they give to God. That's planning ahead. If they don't do that, they'll never give to God. They'll be like, oh, I got a quarter here. You give to God. Really? Is that how we work? Is that what God deserves? No. He deserves some planning. And we got to plan. And so that's what Paul is saying, that you, decide, you give, you decide ahead of time that you're going to give. If we think about it in encouraging words, or an undivided attention, or in dedicated time, when we give the people we love in that way, we plan to give them that in that way, it will come out as loving, because it takes time to love. It takes time. You've got to plan it. And you know what? It's not meaningful if you don't know how much you're giving. And so let's say I come to church and I gave you, uh, I put in the offering $5,000. You're like, wow. And I just want to show off, so I'm going to bring it all in like Asian currency, dollar bills. I bring my real barrel. Here you go, $5,000. Whoosh, here you go, Muffy. Take it on. She's like, oh, man, why did she? So she's counting. But does that seem like I am so generous? At first, like, wow, Moni's so generous, $5,000. But what you didn't know is that I put my name in the sweepstake, and I won $100 million just out of nowhere, tax-free. The government doesn't even care. I get a big old check at home. So now is my $5,000 generosity. No, it's not. That's a penny, right? So we can do it for show. It comes up like that, and we don't plan ahead of time. If you were to take, if I were to take my $100 million winning, and I budget that, and I break it down, and I decide ahead of time how much I'm going to give God, it makes a diff- big difference. I would be doing it out of love. And it's really not a sacrifice if you don't know what you're giving. Right? Sacrifice is giving something that is important to us. And it's not everything. Okay, the second way to be a cheerful giver is, genera- uh, is to give generously. Cheerful givers give generously, not reluctantly, the verse says. Reluctantly is to give by force. 
To give generously is to give in what? We often think of giving people generous. Oh, he's such a generous person. So you know, I'm going to be generous, so I'm going to give you everything I have. Is that really generous? It's not. Generous is giving somebody more than they need, right? When you're giving to something, some cause, some person more than they need, you're being generous. If my wife needs an hour of my time, I'm going to give her two hours. That's generous. But if I have to go into debt just to give it to her, that's not generosity. That's stupidity. It is foolishness to really give what I don't have. And so how about that? If we come to God and we don't get our money and our time and everything else in order, we just kind of show up when we want to show up. And when we go to give God, we just give God whatever we have leftovers. Is that really generosity? It's not generosity when you don't plan. Generosity is seeing a need and giving way beyond what the need is. If my kids need $50 and I give them $100, that's generosity, right? When they want one scoop of ice cream, I give them two. That's generosity more than they need. But if I don't have money to spend on that, I have to go to the bank and owe on a credit card just to buy them two scoops of ice cream, that is not generosity. That would be out of reluctancy, out of force, because I'm a dad. I want to be a good dad, so I'm just going to go and buy what they need. Does that make sense? I know, it sounds so harsh. And Paul says, don't give reluctantly. See, I could say all this because we are people of God, and God wants us to be this way because he is this way. Thirdly, how to be a cheerful giver. Cheerful givers give freely, not under compulsion. Not under compulsion, not by force. Not reluctantly. You know, sometimes we're reluctant. You know why we're reluctant to give? Because we're not really sure what we're giving, right? Or sometimes we're reluctant because we're stingy. We're cheapskates. We're greedy. But more than that, I don't really know. I, you know, my $50 in my pocket, I might need that for grocery. I don't know. I've, you know, I haven't planned it. I haven't budgeted. Do I really want to give that? plan. So giving freely, not under compulsion, not by force, is to do by force when we give under compulsion. Uh, Giving under obligations, giving under guilt, giving under karma or fear or peer pressure, those are all not freely given, is it? We're forced. And so on one hand, we got the force to give, and the second hand, what Ethan said earlier, you give with force. We don't give freely, we give with strings attached. Sometimes when we give to an organization and a cause, we expect it to be done a certain way. We expect it to achieve a certain result, right? When we give to God's family, God's house, and we have that same attitude, how does that come out? When I give my kids $20 and I have to watch exactly what they're spending, of course you don't want them to spend $20 on candies all at once, right? Maybe candy, like a dollar candy every week for the next whatever months. But you don't want to have the kind of strings attached, like you have to spend it a certain way. It's like, forget it, take it back, I don't want it. Right? When it's that kind of gift. When we give to God, give freely. Let God deal with it. You know, if you give to, like our church, I don't know how much any of you give, because I made that decision. But if we don't spend and you see things are not done right, we're going to have to deal with God one day. 
I'm going to stand before God and God's going to hold me accountable. God is going to hold our leadership team accountable. We answer to a bigger authority than any of us here. But you know what? If you, anything questionable at all, come talk to us. Talk to me. I don't mind, but I do not want to see strings attached. And that's one of the reasons I chose not to know how, how much people give and who actually gives. Before we started the church, I did all these research, and one of the things that came up was that there are people who have their own motives, and they would, are generous donors, they're called. So if you need a building campaign, this is, these are the people who are willing to write like a $100,000 check, but they're there to make sure things are done and all that stuff, and I do not want that kind of pressure. I have so much pressure from regular work. I have pressure from family. I got pressure everywhere else. Do not need that kind of pressure in my life. That's the only reason. And also, if God wants me to say something like I'm saying right now that sounds so mean like today, I can feel free saying it because I don't know if you're giving or not. And if you're giving, that's awesome. If you're not, oh well, you feel guilty. <laughs> Deal with it. All right. But if you give with a, an expecting attitude, that is not loving. I want to show you a cool video. Um, I know there's controversies about it. Some of you may have seen it, but this is a video that's just going to amaze you. Take a look at this. How much did the guy give the man? 200. Which one is the loving $100? The first one or the second one? When we give with strings attached, it's, there's no love, right? It was an experiment until he was touched. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I would expect the same thing. That's why I don't give to homeless people because of that. But you never know, right? It's the second. And so now answering our first question that I asked, what do you get when you give out of love? Relationships. You get depth in relationship. When you give husbands, when we give our wives undivided attention out of love, the relationship grows. When we give our kids time, the relationship grows, right? When we give attention, when we give service out of love, the relationship grows. Because a lot of things that we do, we don't do for ourselves. We do it for other people, right? We cook, we clean, we take care of things, and we, you know, all the things that we do. It's mostly for other people. If we do it out of love, the relationship in our lives grow. We go to work, we give it because we love, it will grow. And that's the answer there. You give with love, relationship grows. So I wanted to um, show you this last thing and then uh, we'll close. How many Asians in here recognize what this is? Mung bean. What can you do with mung bean? Dessert, yeah. Every dessert with mung bean, I love. And I don't know, custard, whatever they make with mung bean, I just love mung beans. The other things that you could do with mung beans, what if we think about mung beans, they're seeds. What if we think about them as words? When we take time to think and plan ahead, decide in our hearts ahead of time to be generous and to give freely positive words into people's lives. What if we take that concept and apply it to our lives? What if we take the time that we spend, the energy that we invest, and the service that we do, right? And the money that we give, and possessions, and everything else that we have are just seeds. And we take it and we invest it intentionally, decisively, generously, and freely. What do they turn into? I asked Carol to do this for me. 
she started on Tuesday. And this is what we have so far. Anybody want to come over for some bean sprouts? Isn't that amazing? That same bag. What is in here turns into this. Amazing, isn't it? And it's just water. And the water in here gives life to what's in here. And we let it go, it's going to turn into a whole garden that's going to produce a lot more of this. Jesus says, I am the water of life. When we invest our time, our money, our energy, our effort with the power of Jesus, the love of God, it turns into this and so much more in our lives. But we don't really think about it that way, right? So when you've got seeds, what can you do with it? You can eat it or you can plant it. And I think planting is a better way, right? As people of God, God has given each of us the same resources that he's given to everybody. But because of the power of Jesus, like the water to the seeds, it will grow. And that's something that you have to believe. It's going to turn into something. The five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour you spend with your family, with your friends, decisively, generously, and freely give with love. It will grow.